by the way it's just like this surefire way to get Colin out of a room is it's to fart but it's it's male farts don't bother him it's only when women fart that's misogynistic um, I knew that I'd get murder <laughs> run on him hello boy <laughs> Colin's afraid of female farts <laughs> oh your shoes are lovely uh, oh, that was hilarious! Oh, they have that uh cowhide feel. Yeah, fake fur thing. They were seventy five euro in Marks and Spencer's. Um, welcome to this week's Murder Most Irish. Murder Most Irish. Thursday, the... where we talk about a murder that happened in Ireland, usually a long time ago. <laughs> this and more than likely, it didn't get solved because a guardy. Our shit. Um, this one didn't need to be solved. This it's Thursday, the twenty third of July, nineteen twenty, and we're recording our podcast. I feel like I want to take like a moment to t- what time we're recording at. Okay, so it's half seven at night. It's twenty past seven on Thursday, the twenty third of July. Yeah, it is a clammy day. It is. Uh, well, it was. Yeah, weird ass. I went over to the shop earlier, and it looked crappy outside. And I went with Colin, and I was like, "Oh, I just you know, I wear a coat, a jacket." It's very warm. Fuck me, sweating. Like a whore in church. Anyone who's listened to this podcast who's not from Ireland. In the places where you live and where you are from, do people obsess about the weather the way Irish people do? Yeah, I often wonder. I wonder if you're from California, do you never, because you have one season. I remember speaking to this guy from Australia. I say speaking to him. He was a trainer in that place that we both worked together. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, fucking coasting off his wife's wages. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, he was from Australia and he was like oh, I just don't understand why he's just talking about the weather all the time because it's we don't we don't ever get one season we don't like do you know what I mean we don't get spring summer autumn winter we get spring wintery autumn winter summer winter winter true so we can it's so like I think of people who live in like oh we're drinking beer no we're not <laughs> imagine if we were uh, people who live in like LA get one season they get some yeah. And then they get maybe a couple of days of rain. And then whenever they get rain on the Instagram... And then they don't wear masks and they all die of COVID. This is true. If you live in LA and you're not wearing a mask, I hope your anus really, like prolapses. That's what I hope I happens hope to you. I hope you get COVID in your anus. Get COVID in your arsehole and that's what you deserve. Fully deserve. Yeah. I need to stop reading up about stuff because it's like horrible what's going I on. I spent the week uh, reading about conspiracy theories. On, oh. And why people... Cause I'm sick and tired of fighting with my mom. Oh, about, you're reading like, about people. So who... I was trying to like figure out why my why I was trying to figure out a way to not sound like a cunt all the time when I speak to my mom. <laughs> That's essentially what I was trying to but do. But you're not sounding like a cunt. Oh no, I am because I literally am like, why are you so <laughs> fucking stupid? <laughs> like. Why do you believe this? No, That's like, clearly just... not Obama's head in that picture. <laughs> oh, is that the picture in the boat with the kids? Yeah, she's... like, or she'll put up, like, now, uh... I'm going to talk shit about her. Um, she's not going to listen to this. She put up a thing, Graham does this thing sometimes, if she does listen to this, but this will break her heart because she loves Graham. Um, Go Graham, 
goes through every now and then because I can't see my mum's Facebook because it's for the good of my own health. It is, yeah. I um, and I feel like I'm important. I'm holding a pen and talking to you. Go you on. are. Keep talking. This Go is on. like I'm therapy. Like your therapist. Go on. And then I look over and she's just drawing dicks on a piece of paper. You're the worst <laughs> possible person. The worst. I could be having yeah. therapy with. I need all of the therapy yeah. and your therapy included. Yeah. But, no, them. not because that's just because I would just you just say yeah, that's a good idea. That's a great idea because you're my best friend Don't and I'm, stab her. I'm like and we're yes. in a codependent relationship. Which we are. Um, Go on anywhere, yeah. So she puts up stuff that's clearly photoshopped or clearly not a picture. Yeah, I know. so she put up there a painting of the a moon over the sea, <laughs> but the like moon was like seven trillion times bigger than it sh- it is, <laughs> okay. and she put the thing being like beautiful. Like, what a beautiful photo is what she said. And then Graham was like, do you want to see how many of these your mom has commented on as a photo? And I was like, yeah. It's like pictures of like dolphins jumping in front of the large moon. Pictures of like this. And Graham was like, and there was one out there. She was like the Devil's Canyon. And it's like clearly a painting of the inside of a volcano in like lush green landscape. Oh, okay. Um, And Graham was like, that's oh. not real. And I, he, I was like, did you tell her it's not real? And he was like, no, I didn't have the hurt. So that's the thing. That would be me. I would, I just wouldn't have the hurt. Like, I'm glad I'm not on Facebook because my mum currently got Facebook. She recently got Facebook and she's completely addicted to it. Middle-aged people need to get off the internet. Addicted they don't know how to, use to it. it. And it's like, we're, she's in the house with us and she'll be doing this thing where she's on Facebook. And for some Are reason, the videos they, on uh, full volume? Won't turn the sound off. Yeah. And it's like, she's skipping through them. Yeah. It's like when, Col- when you're trying to listen to music with Colin. Colin absolutely has ADHD. Well, Colin and has he, ADHD. He won't play the song for any longer than 10 seconds and you're like, Colin! But that's what my mother is like with Facebook videos. So I'm really glad I'm not on Facebook because I I just, because I know, I'm so sure she's like, what do you call it when you, re- not retweet on Facebook where you repost? I know, I'm sure she's reposting shit where I'm like, Yeah, my mom does this thing where she reposts things that are from... <laughs> People who don't check sources. Yeah. And I think she does it. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So I think she does it because they're her friends. And I don't oh, think she, she reads think, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but part of me thinks that I'm just saying that because she's my mum and I don't want to believe that she actually is believing Here's a question. Things. Do you think when we're older, that age, do you think we'll be like that? I think there is a chance everyone will get that like that if they don't stay in touch with technology and educate like when I was growing up my dad was like my dad taught me how to use a computer we were the first people on our road to have a computer that was connected to the internet kind of yeah but I do think they do say technology overlaps people's age so it gets to a point where people unless they're very invested in technology they stop really paying attention to it so it kind of just goes over you if you know what I mean but like I can I'm my fear is not being able to use something like, if I have a new phone or something, being like, I don't understand this. My, my like, thing is that I I try my best to stay on, like stay in touch with things. Mm-hmm. So even, like, I don't have a TikTok, but I've downloaded TikTok to see how it works. And then I've immediately, like, essentially got rid of my account and deleted it. Just so if, like, Linny isn't old enough to have anything like that. But as she gets older, I, I'm familiar with it. Um, You're a better person than me because I fucking hate TikTok with every fibre of my being. No, uh, listen, no, I can't say that because there is, obviously there are good things happening on it as well, like, but my Explorer feed, so my Instagram Explorer feed keeps showing these videos. TikTok videos, and I'm like, what the fuck, fuck off, you see white girl saying like, we're just gonna do, I can't stand it, boop, 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 there's this one girl that keeps coming up on my, and I've blocked everything I thought that I could get rid of her, because when I say she's a child, 
I'd say no more than 14 years of age and she's got incredibly large breasts, huge boobs, and she wears string vests with no bra. And, and she does those dances that make her boob bounce. And the name of the channels that keep putting up her are like teen girls, teen blah, blah, blah. So I keep blocking and reporting these accounts to be like, that is a fucking child. Yeah. Any parent that is not aware that their 14 year old child is on TikTok. Now, this is not shaming her. She's 14. She doesn't know what the fuck is going on. She's yeah. a kid. She wants attention. This is how girls think they need to get attention when they're younger is by people commenting to tell them they're hot. Her boobs are ridiculous. I'm talking insane. Like, I'm like, she's going to have a bad back by the time she's 17. I'm like, where the fuck are her parents? Yeah, but people like... And then they're blaming like famous people. I'm like, fuck famous people. Where the fuck are you? You have access to the You have access to the shit. You bought them the device. And like, and I am so sure there are other people that like, she is everywhere. People have seen this. People that know her parents have seen this shit. Like, but it just makes me so uncomfortable. So I just keep uh, reporting the accounts to Instagram they ain't doing shit due to the uh, ongoing COVID situation Instagram's really busy and we don't have time to take down Predator's accounts do you know? I report everybody I report so much shit on Instagram yeah like, me too so much shit not like I don't like people who report like I've a girl that I know on Instagram and um, she puts up video pictures of herself they're like provocative but they're beautiful they're gorgeous and people keep reporting them but it's people that know her because her account is locked Oh. so she's like why are you following me if you're going to keep reporting just unfollow me don't be yeah. my mate like but yeah I wouldn't report stuff like that but if it's no, creepy I weird shit no I like a couple of people from London that are sex workers yeah and they put up stuff that's mm. clearly pictures of like their work or whatever yeah 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 um, I don't report that but stuff where like it's clearly exploitative I've reported you know what my Instagram explorer feed is full of Adam Driver Adam <laughs> fucking Driver <laughs> I'd let him choke me out <laughs> Sarah's in love with Adam Driver. I don't know why. Which is very bizarre because he's like the opposite of what you're He's the absolute opposite of everything I've ever been attracted to. He's not your type. But. He's built like a fridge. He is built. Although he's gotten quite skinny. He's lost a lot of weight. He's not as like. How do you know? As he used to be. Because I saw a picture of him recently. What are you doing looking at him? Adam Driver. Can you go to Adam Driver? Um, No, I saw a picture of him recently. I can't remember what it was. He was at something. And I was like, oh wow, he's gotten quite. They do all that nonsense for. Felt. You know. Oh, it's like fucking Shia LaBeouf who keeps doing yeah. got a Shia cheap. LaBeouf is doing brown face in his new movie he is and he also got that you know that chest tattoo have you seen the picture is it real that's real He, I was reading a thing where he got a tooth removed for some war movie was I was like Shia do you know what you need to do get some therapy just have a fucking piece of ice cream and shut the fuck up yeah. like yeah. I can't stand this and any method actor is a complete bag of dicks Sean Penn, case in point. Bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. Gary Oldman. Bag of dicks. Ah, I don't know. Uh, oh, what are you talking about? Ilma fucking Thurman. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Gary Oldman's to, a bag of dicks. I was trying to remember what it was about Gary Oldman yeah. that I was like... He may have changed, he may have grown, but he was at one point a bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. This episode Bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. How was your week? Shit, Sarah Jane. I know. I'm not going to pretend it was good. It was a bad week, bad mental health, which is a bad week all around. I did get tested for COVID-19. Yeah. But I'm safe and I'm clear and it wasn't my fault. Just want to reiterate that. I wasn't going out licking things, licking men. (laughs) 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 Playing Um, catch the COVID. How was getting tested? Yeah, it was actually, they were so nice. I must say they were the loveliest people and they were there like all day. 
in that heat and they're outside in a tent and they're in like their because it's the army so they're in their um military gear. military gear so it's heavy stuff and they're all wearing masks with like the things over them. they must be exhausted but um it's grand yeah the nose thing is weird I won't be able to do it. The nose thing is like someone's tickling your brain. The throat thing was fine. But when he shoved that, and he just kept, she kept going to me, breathe, 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 because, and it makes your eyes water. She was just like, breathe, breathe, breathe. breathe. Oh, like the thing was this length. So like that much of it goes into your nose. It bends in. So it goes in. Emma just held her fingers up to about 32 centimetres. And like half of it. And then half of it. And it just bends because you can feel it bending down. And I was like. So it goes down the back of your nose. That's where they go. They go right up and down. So there's, even now my nose is itchy thinking about it and afterwards when I blew my nose I was like I had to keep blowing it afterwards was there blood in it? no blood no it didn't hurt it was just uncomfortable but the throat thing is grand that didn't bother me but the nose yeah, but you get the body because like, you have no gag reflex I have no gag reflex whereas like honestly if you even put the tip of your finger <laughs> in my mouth like a <laughs> Like, one of the girls I work with was telling me she's a really bad gag reflex and the she, the lady had to try like five times and she was like Emma I just kept grabbing her hand to stop her and the girl was like, I have to do this. And she was like, please stop. But she was telling me like, even the thought of like, her, she didn't even have to like put it. It just, it, she put it on her lips and the girl I work with was already like, I'm going to throw up. It's just the idea of it. Yeah. I think more than anything else. But, I had a tonsil stone once. Oh God, I watched a video one day of a girl um, taking tonsil stones out. And I had to take it out. It's like, and how I figured I had oh. a tonsil stone is because I kept feeling like there was hair stuck at the back of my throat. I was like Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Graham um, and uh, anyway I fe- like I looked in the mirror and it was a tonsil stone and it took it was so difficult to get out because of my gag reflex yeah 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 Every- and then Graham was like just lie down to bed with your head upside down and then he and I was like whoa, whoa. and horrible. I was like I'm gonna choke on my own and did you get it out like did you I had to get a tweezers to take it out because the girl that I saw she was on Instagram she has like a, she's like it has it really bad and she constantly gets them but she gets a q-tip and she has them at the side, so she just pops them out with a Q-tip. Ah! And she had like five of them in one go. She was like, this is constant. And she was just like popping them out with a Q-tip. Why do you get them? It's calcium buildup. Some people are prone to it. Some people are not. Anyway, we might cut this bit out. No, I, I like the calcium buildup. I don't know if people want to know about tonsil stones. The calcium buildup. I never knew what Chat. tonsil stones were, ever, until... You had one. Until I had one. I never even heard of them. No, it was something new to me as well. I only figured, I only heard about it because, I don't know if you told me that, but I remember seeing that video of that girl. With I told you I had tonsils. That's stone. what it was. I remember Googling and it. And you and were like trying to get it out for me. Fuck. And I was like, you can fuck right off. <laughs> if you ever have any like earwax or spots or anything weird you need done to your body, give me a shake. Housekeeping. Yeah. We had a really good week on Twitter and social media and those people made me very happy and you need to stop making noise. You did this with the fucking crunchy in last week's episode. It wasn't a crunchy. It was a delicious double decker and I had a fabulous time with right. it. Um, yeah, we like actually had a really lovely email from a couple of ladies. Oh, yeah. Week. Loads of people um, were really nice, actually. From America. America. Of the US of A. The US of A. I hope they're staying safe. Wear a mask, US of A. Wear a mask. Oh, and I mask. just hope you're staying safe. That's yeah. All. But they were lovely. Those emails were actually very Yeah, they very were nice. really nice and they made me happy. Good. I had a good week, actually, overall. Oh, good. I'm glad you had a good week. At least one of us had a good yeah. week. I've just been sitting in my house doing training, but so. Yeah, so that's nice. I have to start properly working now. <sighs> yeah, I can't wait till I can't sleep anymore. No, Sarah. The anxiety kicks no, in. no, 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 no. You're going to be fine. You're going to be absolutely Sorry, Sarah, fine. This... No. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. This is You're going to be fine. No, no, no. You're going to be absolutely fine. Oh, I don't know. Work sucks, but you'll be fine. 
See, someone won all the euro millions. I know. What was it, 49 million? 49 million euros. Was it in Ireland or in Online. Dublin? Online. Fuck. And a 2 euro 50. Absolutely fuck that person. And they picked the numbers. It wasn't a quick pick. Oh my god. Not only are they a millionaire, they're a psychic. Imagine yeah. those two discoveries yeah. on the same and day. And the numbers were like ridiculously close to my mother in law's numbers. Fuck! Because she's a good woman. She would have given me some of that. I need to start doing the lottery. I say this all the time. I do it. I take a belt of it. It's sad when I do it. Yeah, because I just take a belt of the lottery every now and again. And then I'm like, no. That's my stomach. What's that? We got, actually, people messaged us saying thanks for talking about the fast fashion thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's important. It is. It's like, we can't just be all, you know, you have to, there's two, two very important sides to it like you can't just be like fast fashion get rid of it fast fashion don't get rid of it there's so much going on in between there you know, <coughs> you know what I thought was really interesting but what you know the way <coughs> excuse me you okay that news broke about the textile industry in Leicester yes that was on Sky News for half a day and it was gone and then they started to run with story about slavery in the Lebanon it's, it was gone yeah gone gone I haven't seen anything else I haven't about seen it. anything about it either nothing Absolutely in like nothing. the mainstream media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like nothing. I was actually reading a really interesting thing today about um Depop and how people who have Depop accounts were putting up those like stop fast fashion stuff. And they were like, stop we fast fashion anywhere? They were then people were like, Okay, we'll stop fast fashion if you stop going to like secondhand stores and buying clothes that poor people need and then for like two pounds and then going on the internet and selling them for eighty quid. Because see, that's the thing, it's easy to to have an opinion on it but if you're doing something hypocritical yeah shut your mouth but yeah was, there's a lot there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on with that and I just think it's an awful lot of it has been used to demonise women as well and it's not okay yeah this is true nothing's okay everything's garbage and then you see that guy the Madeleine McCann guy the like oh alleged. yeah did you see that the, the, uh, girl the that Irish girl was, was she Irish was that the article you sent me yeah she was Irish I didn't she's know Irish she's, Oh my she was in Praia the Luge, is that how you Yeah, Praia the Luge, yeah. Um, five years before Maddie. And was raped by this guy. Five years after. Excuse me. And, well, they, like, I read at what happened to her, Emma, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, I read no, in I detail read today. No, I don't read that. Um, Horrible. That poor girl. Fuck's sake. It was like a seven hour ordeal. Oh, what is wrong with everyone? It wasn't like, listen, rape is fucking horrific. But, like, yeah, it was like... He wanted to torture that girl, He basically. tortured her. He tortured her. He absolutely tortured her. Um, he follow- and he knew her name. He came into her. She had fallen asleep on her bed in her clothes, fully dressed. She'd been out with friends. That's fucking And he came terrifying. into her. She woke up and he was in a... He had a mask on, um, like a leotard and tights. Sorry? What? Yeah. And she said he had blonde eyebrows. He spoke in a German accent. He had bright blue eyes. And what happened to her was horrific. And then how the police dealt with it. Of course. Don't even. They made her stand in a starfish naked to take photos of her and just completely humiliate her and like just discredit her. So pretty much were like, you must have like essentially like invited him in like were treated her so badly oh my god and she came out this week and was like it was before Maddie so she was like if you had have listened to me you could have had this guy and it was jail. another American it was an American tourist raped in the exact same way in the exact same area and and like to the detail of like what happened to the Irish woman 
The exact same. Oh, um, and she this week waved her an- anonymity. anonymity. Yeah. To come out and tell her story because she was like, it's just like... What's the... Uh, is it seven years? Is the statute of limitations on, on rape? Not in Port... Not in Europe. I think it's only in America. It's not in Ireland. Is there a statute of limitations in Ireland? It's your... It's Portugal and anyway. Um, oh God, that poor girl, Sarah. That's and he thing. was really careful. Like he was so... Uh, Why did he come to our house in a leotard and tights? Oh, Emma, what, he, he, um, no, I don't know. I don't know. He came with other things, and he continuously changed his condom and took them all with him. Like he was like meticulous in terms of like how planned out. He what was. the actual fuck? Yep. But remember, I told you that story about him that my oh, dad told yeah. me. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ! I told you that how this all came out is that his ex girlfriend <laughs> said that. Um, he was she stalking was, her and stuff. When he? he was stalking her, he just kept showing up at her work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then she came home to her apartment and she said she just didn't feel right. She said that there was nothing out of place. She said she just didn't feel right. The room just didn't feel right. And she got down on her hands and knees and he was just staring at her out from under the bed. And he said, she said that he just oh. got up out from under the bed and said, good evening. And then left her apartment. She said she had gone to the police a number of times to be like, this he's, is a problem. Yeah. I don't know what to do. He's problematic. He's abusive. Um, I that don't. story, I'm glad I have a divan bed because like, honestly, yeah, no, nothing, God. Nobody can get under my bed either. Like, so um, that is, that is like a biggest fear type thing. Yeah. To look under your bed and there's someone under your bed. Holy so. shit, dude. Well, fuck that guy. I hope you are. It's between 32... And let me see. For these states that have a statute of limitations for a rape, it's between 3 to 30 years. Oh, okay. However, not all... I think that's America. I've put in the EU. I put in Portugal. I hope it's... I don't think there's a statute of limitations in Portugal. Get him, girl. I could be wrong. Anyway, fair play to her because she came out and is essentially being like, you need to investigate this guy and put more like credibility behind the fact that he might have when well, he's definitely a predator and he definitely was he in the area yeah. when these women were there and when Madeline Ooh, shivers from that bed thing I can't I know the, the day you told me that in the car I was like oh I don't want to get out and of the car and I felt bad because you were coming in here by yourself <laughs> and I was like you're like that actually, what I felt like doing was texting Colin to be like get, get under, under the bed, bed. Um, I can't you can't get under my bed it's like anyhow that's is this tr- a box spring what's a box spring Americans are always like my box spring bed I'm like what the fuck is a box spring I have no idea. I can hear something in the airphone. It's outside. It's a train. Anyway, there's all the awful things that are happening in the world currently. I started watching this thing on Netflix about the mafia. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's good. It's fascinating. What's it about? It's just about what they did in the 70s in New York. In New York. Yeah. What did they do? Fascinating. Like, uh, is Rudy's on it, which is weird. Tony Brasco there? No. Who <laughs> 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 but they're just talking about how like how they actually rule ruled everything. They ruled schools, they ruled hospitals, they ruled schools. restaurants, schools. They had they literally had people in everything. Everything. The, the, one guy was like, people don't understand how deep this went. And then it's cool because it's all the guys that like um were sent in as like moles or whatever and infiltrated them. It's so good. I was watching today, I was like, it's probably gonna be shit and then I'm like, oh fuck. And then they've got all the recordings of them where they're like, hey, 
Tell your mother I'll break her fucking neck. Tell your mother I love a garlic bread. <laughs> but like, there's this one part where one of the like godfathers, they get, they plant a microphone in his house and uh, they're like listening and he has this maid and the maid is like kind of mouthy and he likes her because she's kind of mouthy in her personality and then they're listening to it and they discover that they're having an affair because they start having sex in the kitchen. Oh no. And the guy was like, I don't know what to do. I had to keep listening. I had to keep listening. He's like traumatized to this day. <laughs> He's like, I just had to keep listening because I didn't know if they were going to say something. But yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what, I can't remember what it's called. Fear or something. Watch it's, it, it's really it's good. It's like one of the top things on Netflix. Yeah, it's really there. good. I thought it was going to be shit because okay. I just get so bored with the mob shit. I'm like, I know it's terrible and awful things happen, but I'm like, oh, whatever. But um, it's really good. Yeah, I'm watching Sinner season two now. I need to watch season um, one. I'm going to watch this Mafia thing. Yeah, do. The Mafia thing's crazy. Yeah, it's I, mean, just... I was actually showing Saint Graham today we were talking about Goodfellas. And I was talking about... You know that scene in Goodfellas where Ray, what's the girl that's like his side chick? Like, oh, she's stunning. The black haired girl. She's like a fucking Betty Boop. Oh, I can't remember her name. I know you're talking about that. Anyway, you know that scene where he first has that interaction with her yeah. and he like, just like essentially continues to stare at her and then walks yeah, yeah, directly yeah, yeah. towards her and then she falls on the bed. Yeah. I said, Graham was like, I think it was like a clip or something. And I was like, if someone looked at me that way, I would immediately punch them in the face. Yeah. There is nothing sexy that's about that. That's like a. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder you, yeah. sir. You're so sexy. I, I'm gonna, so hot. I'm gonna kill you. That's how that is. Yeah, I remember penis reading. Penis is gonna pop. <laughs> I remember reading about that scene is when she's walking backwards and she kind of trips. Is that was like wasn't planned? Yeah, it wasn't planned. She was like, she was so kind of like taken aback that she tripped when she walked out, and I was yeah. like, really, really? Oh, it looks like, like a that scene with Robert De Niro and Hua. <laughs> not Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. No, no, Robert De Niro. You did the impression and I used to do Al Pacino. Um, and uh, Julia, what's her name? Yeah. Juliette Lewis. Oh, Kate Fair. In Kate Fair. That's. I know. Yeah, she yeah. didn't know he was going to suck on her. If Robert De Niro put his mouth on my finger and she it was, was so, not in the she script. Was a baby. And it wasn't. I'd immediately take it out and punch hmm. him in the face. Just bite them off. Um, apparently Robert De Niro is an anti-vaxxer. I don't know if this is true, but I read it. What? Yeah. I don't care. And I, do, I do care. I feel like that's our character for him. Here's my thing going mm. forward in life. I don't care about famous people. Okay. There's my thing. But how do you feel about the Amber Heard thing and Johnny Depp thing? Because I'm mortified for the two of them. I have no... I just think the two of them are fucking idiots. Yeah. Both of them are idiots. Like, oh. what is this? Um, other question, because I already understand this. Why is this taking place in London? I don't know. <laughs> and I also don't <laughs> so understand. Sky News are doing like an by They're the obsessed. hour with it like a by the hour transcript maybe do a by the hour of your shitty prime minister and how badly he's handling the current debt rate in your country did you see when they went in and voted against you tonight no the Tories no what do they do now oh fuck Tory scum man yeah Tory scum Tory scum like Um, they voted against uh, essentially increases for nurses of course they did they voted against but we'll go outside and clap for them they voted uh, for privately selling the NHS. Great. They... Yeah, it's all yeah, going like really well. It's all going really, really yeah. well. Um, the Tories... Do you know what I get really bitter about whenever you mention the Tories or whenever you mention Brexit? This is so petty. What? Jack Whitehall's dad. I know you do. I get really bitter about it. I'm like, I don't... That dude is pro-Brexit, pro-Tory. Well, he's a Tory. And it's like, everybody... He's like, oh, my daddy and my mummy. He makes me sick anyway. But that TV show where he's like, I love my daddy. I'm like, do you? Really? Because fuck that guy. And, uh, yeah, fuck that guy. But every time you bring up Brexit, I'm, my brain immediately goes to Jack Whitehall's dad. 
Yeah, but he is a quintessential Brexiteer and a quintessential oh, Tory. And I understand why he goes there. But at the same time, I do... What? He's trying to have a relationship with his dad and I don't think he necessarily agrees. Like, well, he, no, I don't think he, he agrees. He brings him to all these places and I don't think like, he agrees. And it makes and no difference. makes a joke of him yeah, because he's and his a, beliefs. And he's not, and then gets paid about a million episodes. Yeah, and his, his father's getting money for like, it. Like, I just... Um, Mm. but no I, I do get why you go to, and I remember that there's an episode where they go to America yeah and they're in like somewhere in Las Vegas and Brexit comes up and Jack Whitehall is like why are you pro-? and they have like this heated argument oh. but they kind of cut away from it and then they have to go out and write in a wall and Jack Whitehall essentially says something about Brexit and that is just like you're an idiot oh. but I get why I get why yeah. you feel that way but I'm like why is it always him I go to my brain immediately goes to Jack Whitehall's dad. Like, oh, and no. it's the most random thing that it could, it could go to anything else that I'm immediately like, Jack Whitehall's dad is the reason this has all happened. But he's not. No. His, my his Ilkar, though. Yeah, his Ilkar. His Ilkar. So I think he probably just represents Jeffrey. This has been a anyway, long... Fuck everyone. Like, listen to this and quite Fuck everyone. Fuck Kanye West. Fuck all the Kardashians. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. Every single one of them. What's going on I need on a specific Kanye, meteor to hit their house and wipe them out. It's disgraceful. That man is so sick. So he sick. is so sick. Like so sick. It's gone beyond. And people are laughing and mocking and joking. He is having an absolute manic episode in front of millions of people. And his wife is making money. And then there's an put, album coming out. And Friday. then she puts up this statement being like, Kanye's mental illness. It's really important to all he of came, us. Did, he, did you see why she put that up? No. He came out and oh said gosh. that she's trying to lock him oh, up. Oh, and then she, but it, what made me laugh about her little statement is the last time he pulled this and people were like, oh, maybe Kanye is sick. She was like, don't you ever dare say my husband has mental illness. You don't know what you're talking about. And then two days later, he was bipolar and she was like, I'm so worried about him. She's trash. Her ma's trash. Her sisters are trash. Yeah. Her kids are trash. He's trash. His family are trash. The whole lot of them are trash. trash. I hate famous people. Leave this thing, Colin. I don't give a fuck. And if you support the Kardashians, you're a fucking idiot. If you support the Kardashians and then you go out talking about Black Lives Matter, you should be ashamed of yourself because they're doing, they're nothing but culture no, vultures. nothing. The whole lot of nothing. them. They steal black girls' ideas and they make millions it's of awesome. them. So don't Black Lives Matter me and then talk about the Kardashians. Fuck the Kardashians. And that's that on that today. You don't see this, but I'm standing up. I'm she is standing up. absolutely not. Standing. A boola bus! A boola bus! A boola bus, a Okay, um, we should probably get started on this stupid fucking yeah. story. Jesus, okay. Should we give Colin 10 seconds in case he needs to do something? I think we're supposed to do it in the beginning. Oh fuck, we didn't do it. It's only give out to me now. <laughs> he always does. 10 seconds. If he puts something over it that changes the sound, I don't know. Okay, here we go, 10 okay, seconds. Okay, well. Okay. So, who's your story? I'm on? doing a story today um, about a man from where I'm from. It's a guy called John Carthy. From Longford. From Longford. And he's from a place called Avilara. And I remember this, like, vividly remember this happening. Um, the whole thing. I was just talking about, calling about it because he's from Longford too. And I was like, do you remember John, McCar- John Carthy? And it was only when I was kind of trying to find something to do that it br- I read this and I was like, fuck. Like, I remember. Avilara. Avilara, yes. Yeah. So it's this tiny little village just right beside, like, right beside Granard in Longford. And um, this is crazy because nothing really has ever happened like this in Longford since or before. Do you know what I mean? It was okay. like a massive thing. It was huge. It was everywhere. 
But uh, I don't know if you, maybe you don't remember. Maybe you don't remember. Maybe I don't know anything about this story. Okay. I don't know anything about any of the stories to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but like I thought people would remember this and I was thinking. And it's, then, maybe it's because you're from there. Maybe it is because I'm from Longford that it kind of stuck in my brain. Because I remember the first one that I did, the guinea pig. I remember that because I'm that? from Bally Farmer. That's true. I guess that's true. I'm uh, not from Bally Farmer. Cut that out. <laughs> Your husband's going to kill us. Um, okay, so I'm going to do the story of John Carthy. Um, I got my information from independent.ie. There's this great article by a girl called, I think it's Bridget or Bridge, I'm not sure, McLaughlin. The Irish Times, the Longford leader, and Men's Rea again. The Longford The Longford leader, which is now def- gone, I think, but I found stuff online. Um, yeah, so it's, this is a, it's a hard one because it's about kind of about mental health and stuff as well and like how we absolutely failed. Someone. We still fail. We, we fail, still fail every day. We're failing Kanye. Look at Kanye. We're failing Kanye. All the money they have. Anyway. Do you know, can I just say one more point about Kanye? Go. Too? And I understand that he has a mental illness. Yes. But all of the rhetoric he is spouting, he believes in mm-hmm. it. He absolutely does. 100%. Um, 100%. And I know what he has is internalized racism. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, And he doesn't... Like, I texted you during the week and I said to you... Kanye West does not care about black people. No, he doesn't. And it's funny because he stood on that on that like channel many years ago okay. after George fucking, Bush don't like don't and was like George people. and Mike Myers was like, oh, um, <laughs> but he he has he turned into the thing that he once stood up yeah, for, and because he's rich, yeah, and it is because he's rich, and he's obsessed with status. It's insane. Obsessed with status. Like it's just it's like he is absolutely like you can see it in him that he's having it, and it's so fucked up because. He has people that are are want to make money. He off has him. people who are making money off him rather than rather than step in and be like, "We need to get you." Anyone who let him go to that fucking oh, presidential announcement or whatever that was he was just doing, embarrassing. anyone who let him go there wearing a bulletproof a vest yeah. with twenty twenty one shaved into the back of his yeah. head, crying about potentially having aborted his daughter. Yeah. Um. He's like it's fucked. It should be held accountable for what yeah. they've done because essentially he, what they are, are doing is taking advantage of a sick person. Oh, they are. They're taking advantage of a person who has no like at this moment in time is not cognizmental. No. And are making money off him. It's fucked up. Um, but he and he believes that. Oh he does. Yeah, he absolutely does. Because I apparently he put up a load of tweets and stuff, but I didn't see any of this because I don't follow any of these. I videos. don't follow any of them. Um but like he said he was saying stuff about like his wife and how his wife's mother is trying to get him locked up and put in hospital yeah. and then he was talking about his ex girlfriend and uh like Dave Chappelle did you see that Dave Chappelle went to see him? Dave Chappelle like flew over to him because he was like, This man is so sick and nobody is helping him. Like mm. nobody is anyway, millionaires. Millionaires. Rest of the poor. Okay, so John Carthy was born on the 9th of October 1972 to parents John and Rose Carthy. Now, just an FYI, I wrote this out, so if I can't read my handwriting, I'm sorry. Um, Rose, is it McCarthy or Carthy? Carthy. Just Carthy. Uh, what are you? Huh? What are you? I'm not a Carthy. Hmm? Catherine is. Could be oh! It's in the bloodline. <laughs> he had one sister who was named Marie. So just a quick thing on this, right? So I was reading up about this. This is why I texted you earlier. And I was reading a ton of articles. I was going through like skimming tons of articles. And only one article mentioned this. And this is the one by Bruce McLaughlin in the Independent. John's dad was 65 when he married John's mum. John's mother was 15. What? She was 15 years old. 
and her husband was 65. The guy that told the journalist was like, oh, he was 65 and she was 15. Few people found it odd, but you know. I, was, I actually had to go back and read it three times. I was like, I thought I read it wrong. I thought she put in the wrong numbers. I thought maybe it was 65 and 35. Maybe she just put in a one and said, nope, he married a child. He had a child bride. 65 years old. So that's where this started. And it was not mentioned anywhere else. It wasn't mentioned in the Men's Rail podcast. She's usually very thorough, but I think she was basing her uh, story, story on the book that Marie wrote about her brother. So Marie wrote a, wrote a book called My Brother John. And obviously she's not going to mention her dad being a fucking dirty bastard who's 65 and married a 15-year-old kid. And her, I, I was like, what? and then I was like, people are like, times are different. No, they were, it was 1970. Yeah. She, he was 65. She was 15 years old. But anyway, um, they lived in Abilara, which is a kind of a small village in County Longford beside Granard. Um, and like any village in Longford. That's for a woman. I know. 15. 15. 65 year old man. Like having sex with your granddad. Oh. I just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it. I read it and I, literally, and then I'm like, is she wrong? And then I said, oh. no one else, no one else mentioned it at all. And I'm like, maybe they didn't because they were trying to tell the story of John and they didn't want to bring that side of into it, into it. But it was like, I'm like, that's a child. She's a kid. Some, where were her parents? Where were her parents to be like, you're not marrying my, my baby. You're not marrying my child. Mm -hmm. 65. That's horrific. People read the guy was like, oh, you know, we kind of, we just saw him driving them around in his purple Morris minor or whatever. Like it was totally normal. And everything. I was like, anyway, Longford, man. Ireland. Gandhi village in Longford. It was a close knit community. Um, John's neighbours were actually like two sets of cousins. So it was like a little row of houses, five houses, and his cousin lived either side of them. Um, Rose John's mother and Marie John's sister said John was a very happy child. And John and Marie were very, very close in age. There was only 14 months apart. So they were really close to siblings. Um, it's, oh God love her as well. They started school together and stayed incredibly close throughout their childhood and adulthood. So on the 12th of April 1990, John's father... John Sr. passed away after a long illness. John was just 17 years old when his dad died. So his dad would have, would have been near 90. What was she when? Well, she was, he was 65 and she was 15 and then they had babies. I'm 36. And this is how my brain works with this. I'm 36 years old. When I see a 15 year old, I'm like, I can't talk to you because you are a child. And I have nothing to say to you. I have no conversation to have with you other than house school. That's nice. Goodbye. Anything else? Don't take my wallet. <laughs> I clutch out my things and say, you! <laughs> uh, the death of John's father deeply affected John Jr. He had been incredibly close to his dad. And John's problems seemed to be in part triggered by the loss of his father. And in 1992, whilst attending college, John became suffering from severe bouts of depression. So John, upon the recommendation of his GP, was admitted to St. Lomans Hospital in Mullingar. Oh. Yeah. John had been having suicidal ideations and kept seeing and hearing his late father. So he kept Aww. having visual and audio like, of his dad. So they basically brought him in. They were like, he was like, I'm going to kill myself. I can see my dad. And they're like, here's some drugs. Bye. Here's antidepressants. Antidepressants. He needs a psychotic yeah, medication. Yeah, he needs antipsychotic. However, over the next few years, John continued to suffer severe bouts of depression and was admitted to St. Lomans on more than a few occasions. So basically, that's the thing, I think, especially even when I was younger, when I was growing up, if someone was on their nerves, they just went to St. Lomans for a week. Yeah, there was a woman on my road that used to go to St. Lomans all the time. Oh, really? And then they let them out. And she used to, and I always felt sorry, she should, um, one, two, three, four children. Oh, fuck. And no, there was no dad in the oh, equation. Oh, God, love her. Um, and... Did I ever tell the Pope story? Did I tell the Pope story? No, what's the Pope story? Tell me. Um, I won't mention any names. Okay, don't. But this 
family lived one door up from me as a kid. Right. And their mother suffered with mental health issues. She was a lovely woman. Yeah. A lovely woman. But she suffered with mental health issues. Yeah. And what would happen is she would go into St. Nomans at a time and then all of the kids would be like separated. Oh, so um, the boy that I used to hang around with used to sometimes get... So my next door neighbour was his uh, godmother. Okay. So my ne- my direct next door neighbour was his godmother. Okay. And she would take him. But she couldn't take any of the other children so they would all go off. They all separated. And then her other neighbour on her other side um, used to take her do- one of her daughters. Okay. So they would always be around. Anyway, she would go in and it was like well known. Yeah. And on a couple of occasions people on the road rang to have her institutionalised. Because she used to leave um, the chap that I used to hang around with when he was very little and mum used to tell me this. She would leave him in the garden in his buggy all day oh, and then like fuck. what would happen is ma- our next door neighbour or mum would take him and like change him and feed him oh, um, this is awful. but she was just sick she wasn't there was nothing in her that was like this was no malice intent she was just mentally unwell she wasn't capable of like looking after him at times but anyway his dad was not around okay I used to play with him so as we got older we played together we always played together yeah. and one day I was like sitting in the like hallway of his house yeah and there was a picture of the Pope Pope John Pope Pope John over uh, the Vatican oh yeah 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 standing on a cliff yeah with his arms spread open right looking uh, with the Vatican in the background yeah and uh, I don't know what happened or why we were talking but he was like oh that's my dad oh and I was like what? And he was like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. He lives in England. He's coming to see me someday. And because I was a kid and didn't realise, like, the importance of this. You're like, I that's was Pope. Like, I was like, that's the Pope. And he was like, no, no, no. That's, oh, that's, Sarah. That's not. That's my dad. And my mum says that he's really important. And my mom, I was like, dude, that's the Pope. <laughs> like, he came to the Phoenix Park. Oh, my God. And then he said, yeah, when he came to the Phoenix Park, that's when he got my mum pregnant and had me stop <laughs> and I was like okay and then I just was like I like oh. instantly even as a kid was like okay just stop just stop talking just about stop. it just stop so he, then I just yeah. changed the subject and then like I went back home that like later on and I told my mom and my mom was my mom was like every time he said just agree just say yeah and she okay, was like don't does. don't say anything different because oh, he God love them. Dad. God love her God love her but yeah the thing on our road was that she would go to St. Omens and it was like well no one she was going to St. Omens and that's the thing it's, it was just seemed to be and then a, she'd be back out like she was a quick fix yeah. it's a quick fix it's the only and way she's still to this day she still lives one door down from my mother and she still goes into uh, St. Omens every now and then and she's like the sweetest woman nice person yeah but she is like when we were growing up she wasn't getting any help that's the thing like and she was like her kids were just taking off her they weren't helped. Fuck. Like there's no there's no there's nothing set for people like to help them. They no. don't they don't they're like put her in Lomans and then take her kids. Yeah. What? And separate them all. Separate them all. Yeah. They're babies, like yeah. oh my god. Oh. So the only thing I will say about John is John is very proactive about his mental health. John decided to see another doctor as he felt his mental health was deteriorating rapidly. Well, that's good. So he met with a doctor called Dr. Shanley in 1995 and was finally diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay. So the doctor, found, Dr. Shanley was finally like, this is what's wrong with you. Uh, John began his treatment and took all steps to make sure he took his medication correctly and attended all his appointments. 
John really seemed like he wanted to look after himself and live his life as happily as he could. So he was put on two antidepressants and he's put on lithium as well. Ooh. People with bipolar are given lithium. Ooh, that's um, very hard. And also he really cared, like he read up on his, like on what he had. He went to seminars about it. Like he was constantly trying to learn more about it so he could look after Get himself better. and make himself better. Um, the Men's Very podcast states that Dr. Shanley described John as a quiet, sensitive person. And this does seem to be the general opinion of John from most people who knew him well. So he was just kind of quite do, kept himself to himself, but was like very, very sensitive. Um, uh, okay. So this is kind of the start of what's, what's happening with John. So there's a lot of people in Longford who, for some reason, I don't understand this, go duck and bird shooting all the time. So they have like these little groups. Okay. There's one in my village as well and there's like a certain area where you can go like sure, what else do you want to do in Longford? shoot birds. And John was one of those people. John owned a shotgun. It was oh, like God. a Russian something something. I don't know what it was called. And in August 1998, Ramble. <laughs> the gun was taken off by the Gardaí after two incidents in which John allegedly threatened the lives of a group of children. So John played the handball. He was like really into handball and there was this handball alley in Abilara where he lived and he got it all done up and was like always down there and then these group of kids kept going down there and acting the bollocks like and he basically told them if they didn't leave he'd shoot them. Cute. Um, and the second incident was the wife of a former employer of John uh, went to the Gardaí to say she was afraid John may harm her or her husband after an altercation between John and her husband. So she was like, I'm terrified that he's going to do something to it. I think he probably said to her, listen, I have a gun or whatever. No, like, I mean, what did he do for a living? Oh, he was a plaster. He was like a builder. But he, the thing about it is... The he had his really, own business. The, no, the really sad thing about it is he was in college and he was doing horticulture. And when his mental health got really bad, he dropped out. Like, he just couldn't keep it up. He just mm. was like... And I understand that. Like, it's incredibly difficult to traverse the world like that. Um, so, the guardie, knowing John, John's mental health issues, felt it safer to remove the gun from him. So... They went to his house and they were like, listen, what they did was they told him they were taking shotguns off everybody in the area because they didn't want to single him out. So they were like, oh, we're just taking shotguns off everybody in the area because we're a little bit concerned there's too much like gun activity going on. So they took his gun. He gave them the gun, but they lied to him and basically said this. Um, then he found out. He found out later. John fought to get the gun back and eventually it was returned to him. Um, so that incident was kind of the first incident John had with the guardie but not the last, as in September 1998, the Guardi took John in for questioning over, greatly hear this, over the burning of Abby Lara GAA's club, club's goat mascot. So, what? Abby Lara got into the final of something and there's a publican in Abby Lara who built this like wooden goat mascot okay. and put it on something and was like, this is our mascot. It's stupid. The Guardi immediately singled John out with a local Abilara man saying they all knew it was because of John's mental health issues. So they were like, we all know why they singled John out because he's not well. And they but all I know was like, well. by the sounds of things, it doesn't sound like he did it. No, he didn't. Um, Instantly, you'd be like, that was kids. Yeah. That Listen, if I was in Valley Farm and they put a goat mask up when I was 15, I'd be like, do you want to go down and check that for? Yeah. That and a lot of locals just saw him as, quote, the local good nutcase. That's what they called him. Oh, John was devastated at this ag- accusation. He told the guards that he did not do it. John said the guard, he interrogated him harshly and took, um, they took, so when they were interrogating him, they took no notes, didn't write down anything they were saying. And then when they were questioned, the guardies were questioned about this. Um, the guardie said John was speaking too fast for them to take notes. And said they then then said when they were like they revoked revoked their story and said oh we just forgot so you don't have tape recorders so basically they interrogated they just intimidated they just interrogated this chap for three hours and he was like I didn't do this I did not burn this thing why would I do this it makes no sense and then um took no notes took no took nothing like and just let him go 
Garda yeah, and it seems pretty pigs. Old. Pigs that they brought a vulnerable, mentally ill man into a room and terrified him for hours with little um to go on other than this publican guy that I was telling you about who built the thing, Mister Conway, who erected this stupid fucking goat, not liking John, so he had a problem with John. He didn't like him, so just instantly blamed him. So the guardy with no evidence, nothing to go on, were like, oh, he doesn't like you. We're going to bring you in here and interrogate you. So at eleven p.m. that night, they let him go with no charges. So then the next day, John went to his doctor and was like, the guards are after assaulting me. And he did a check on him and he was like, he couldn't find any bruises on him. But he said he did have a lot of tenderness around his neck and his back. So the doctor is pretty sure that they did do something to him. Yeah. So both of these instances... Um, poking the bear. Has, uh, both of these instances with the guardie has a huge impact on John. John, according to his sisters in the... Th- and his friends became paranoid and incredibly upset at the gossip and lies being spread about him by the locals in the village. He and he also obviously developed a grudge against the guards. Yeah. So, um, so mess. I grew up with a grudge against the guards. Yeah, like I, I'm Gar hated them. Yeah, no, they're not hated they them, and I never understood because I didn't have that. That I never saw a guard, <laughs> and I remember when I first started going out with him, and he'd just be like fucking guards, and I'd be like, what? Yeah. But he told me they would just randomly stop him on the street and like make him empty his bag out and stuff. Yeah, if you're a, like a teenage boy walking yeah. around for a minute. Um, my brother was stopped walking our dog and they oh, really? took his... He, I bought him a walkman for his birthday. Right. It's like the first rare present I ever bought him. Yeah. And he was walking our dog at the canal. Yeah. And they, this one guard stopped him and said to him, took his walkman off him. Why? And said to him, when you can produce a receipt, you can have it back. No. And then Richie came home and was like, sobbing. He was a kid. Sobbing his heart out. And my dad was like, what? And my dad brought us to the police station with him. Because my mum was working. Holy fuck. And it was at the time Balfour Police Station was being done up. So the guards were in a porta cabin on the outside. Right. And my dad walked, my dad has no time to sort of garden anyway. Guards and anyway. And my dad was like, I want to speak to the detective. I want to speak to the sergeant. Yeah. I remember so well. And and my dad was like, purposely was like, two of you sit there and watch this. And he was like, I want to speak to the sergeant. So the sergeant came out and um, I, just by pure luck, had the receipt. Yeah. And, but my dad was like, you're not giving them the receipt. Because they, he should no, not they have cannot taken take that off that child. Off and so the guard was like, uh, my dad was like, I want to, this guard took my... Uh, Charles Walkman off him about you know forty minutes yeah. ago. Um, I want it back, and the sergeant was like, "Um, Walker and Richie had been like asked, like smart enough to ask for the guard's badge yeah, number." Yeah, yeah. Walked out, and my dad gave the badge number, and that guard came out. And when I say he shat his I'd pants, I say so. Yeah, the Walkman was in his locker. It was never handed into the police station. He had so taken. He just took it. He took the Walkman off Richard. Put it in his locker, and when we're, like the sergeant made him give it to like my dad, and my brother turned it on while we were sitting in the piece because my dad was like, when I say he was on a mad one, oh, I will station, be too. Richie was like, you've detuned all because it wasn't like a CD one when it was a tape. Oh, the tape thing. And Richie was like, you've detuned all of my radio stations out of it. Why so the guard was like, this? took it off him and like walked back to the police station listening to it. What's wrong with him? Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" And then my car was taken off me I the day I bought it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. So that's the thing. I, I, I live in an area where you're. That's just the thing. You're constantly around them. Yeah. So like, when I was growing up, I never saw. Con- it's not even that you're constantly around. You're constantly around guards that think of you as a problem. Yeah. 
I remember the night I got stopped with Graham, we bought the car, we had the receipt, we had everything. And the female guard was like, <sighs> the minute she asked me my address, she asked me what where the car was registered to, and I gave my address. We are still living at home with my parents. And she, the minute she, she just turned and said, step out of the vehicle, and took the car off me. And then I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go on with uh, poor little... Pigs out. Uh, John was a plasterer by trade, and in 1999, John moved to Galway to look for work. So basically, he was sick of Longford because yeah, everybody was talking shit him. about him. John met someone, and they began to date. They met a lady. Mm. And they don't give her name. They call her Miss X. They never give her name. Uh, during this time, John lost his job, and his then-girlfriend said John entire's, John's entire demeanor changed. So he went to Galway, got this plaster job, met this nice girl, was living in the flat... And then lost his job. Uh, she said he became pose- became possessive and demanding over time. And after a few weeks of this, she decided to break up with him. She's like, fuck you. Uh, so the weekend that she broke broke up with him, uh, John, his sister, and their friend Pepper, that was a real name, but I think it's a great name, went on a night out. It was on this night out that Marie decided to approach the guardie to get John help. So they were on a night out and John kind of got aggressive in one of the bars and started talking about that he was going to kill himself and stuff. So John seemed incredibly upset and began speaking about killing himself. So Marie asked the guardie to arrest him for his own safety. She was like, if you just take him into the police holding tonight, just because I'm so afraid he's going to do something. So while after he was arrested, a doctor spoke to John and told John's sister that John seemed to be on a high and that he just needed to see his own GP. Maybe to kind of level out his medication or something. Mm. So that was fine. He was released. Um, John took the breakup really badly and decided to move back to his mother in Abilara. So after all that thing happened, because he was really upset at his sister for call it, for going to the guards. But she was just doing, she didn't know what else to do. She was like, what the fuck do I do here? My brother's threatening to take his own life. So after that breakup, he was like, fuck this, I'm going back to Abilara. So he went back home to his mammy. Um, da, da, da. so the house that they lived in was really old. It was built in like 1907 or something because haunted, probably. Um, and it, uh, John's mother was still living there and she was like, the place has fallen down around me. It was a council house. So she requested repairs on the family home in Abilara. Mm-hmm. Uh, the council decided to demolish the family home and build a brand new bungalow because the family home was just in disrepair. It was okay. not possible to keep it going. Um, so they were going to build a new bungalow and Rose could move into it. John had asked the council if the old house could be kept up and not demolished. So he was like, can you just leave that house there and build a new one? And the council were like, no, it's dangerous. We can't have anybody in there. Um, bah, 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 bah. But his offer was rejected, stating that the house was not up to code. John had wanted to keep this house as he had a sentimental connection to it. It being the place his, his father was and his grandfather had both lived there. So John was still suffering with bouts of depression at this point, even though he had a job. So he got a job as plaster back in Longford. He moved, got, started working on a, on a building site in Longford after he moved back to Abilara. Um, but he was still getting really depressed. And his co-worker said he had told him how depressed he had been. And he spent a lot of time complaining about the guards to them as well. So he was like, the main conversations <clears throat> they were having with him was like him fuck being down. Po. He drank too much. And then... Fuck, fuck the popo. Po. Po, po, po. So, oh, this is when the shit goes down. So on Tuesday morning, the 18th of April, John went to work on the building site on the main street in Longford. So according to Bridget McLaughlin in the Independent, he was wearing dusty work boots, rough clothes and clutching his box of sandwiches. So a gentleman named Seamus who knew John from drinking together in a Horace pub in Granard said, quote, I saw him at 7.15 that morning and shouted hello to him. John turned his face and ignored me. My initial reaction was feck him anyhow. I won't be t- talking to him anytime soon. <laughs> but I knew John well and I knew just by looking at him that the poor lad was paralyzed with depression. So the next day, Wednesday the 19th, John started to act 
really annoyed and angry. He was at home and he was being like really just pissed off and fed up. Um, so he talked to his mother again about the demolition of the old house. He was like, I don't want this house knocked down. He's getting really angry about it. And he also began complaining about the guards again. And so according to Rose, John's mother, at about 4pm, John took out his shotgun, fired off some rins outside and re-entered the house. So according to Gardy reports, John and his mother had an argument about cigarettes with his mother wanting John to quit. So he asked her to go get him cigarettes and she was like, no, I want you to quit. Um, so they then had like a big row and John told his mother it would be best if she went to their neighbor's house. So he was like, you need to leave. Um, but then this is what the guard said. So then Rose... His mother spoke to Albert Reynolds, who was like the final word, and told him they didn't have a row. She was like, there was no row. She was like, I didn't fight with him. There was no argument. He just said to me, Listen, you better leave. You better just leave. So Rose went to her neighbor's house, which were the Walshes, who were their cousins. She was visibly upset and told him she feared John might hurt himself or someone else. Uh, Rose decided, even though she knew how much it would upset John, to call the guards. She had no other choice. No other choice. That's the thing, like. Um, she placed a call to the Granard Garda station. Uh, Rose also contacted John's GP and he said that he would arrive out as soon as possible as he feared John was having an episode. So he's like, I'm pretty sure John's manic. This is what's happening. So roughly 20 minutes later, two Gardaí arrived. Um, and fucked Yeah. Rose made them aware of John's mental health problems and how vulnerable he was. Uh, so these two Gardaí drove, so they went to the Walsh's house, which is right beside. So yeah. then these two Gardaí drove towards the house and they heard shots. So it's the first thing they heard was like gunshots going off. John's doctor um, had arrived at this point and he explained to the guards that John may be become more irate if he sees the guards because he fucking hates his. Yeah. So he was like, he was like, baby, don't go up to him. Just give it a little bit of time before you try and approach him because he doesn't like you. Uh, John's mother had given the guards John's mobile number and the guards asked John doc- John's doctor to ring the mobile. But the doctor rang it a few times and he didn't answer. Okay. Uh, so then the guardie were like, all right, you can leave. So the doctor left, which I find utterly bizarre. Because to me, that would be the one person. Well, he knows them. That he could speak to and that is aware of John's problems. Problems. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the doctor, doctor just left. Um, so the guardie made further, further attempts to contact John. But when they approached the house, more shots rang out. So they tried to ring him. They drew a little bit closer and then they heard like gunshots. Pow, pow. Like the sound of like um, those guns going off is terrifying because I hear when I'm down home you hear people like shooting and if they're close range it's fucking terrifying. I don't they're think I've ever so heard. Shotguns. Oh wait, that's not true. No. Shotguns are so I don't think loud. I've ever heard a gun. It's terrifying. Like I always because you hear you get used to it when you're down there because people are always bird shooting and stuff but when they're close to you poor birds and poor birdies um, so the guardie tried to reassure well, I shot a fucking gun. What you are talking you about? shot the clay pigeons didn't you? Yeah. yeah. And I'm a fucking badass. <laughs> Listen, crack shot. Yeah. Don't give me a gun. <laughs> the guardy tried to reassure John that if he just put the gun down, he wouldn't be in trouble and that they just wanted to help him. So they were like shouting into the house, the two guards. They were standing at the edge, like just being like, put the gun down. Um, they were like, here, John. John, <laughs> put it down. Put it John, under. <laughs> put the gun down. Put the gun down, son. Come on, John, now. So John ignored John, do you like that goat on fire? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did fucking say that yeah no one no one the fucking yeah. tick guards they did John ignored all these attempts I'm only um, attempt more day <laughs> it was funny because he ignored all, it's not funny I don't know I'm laughing John ignored all the attempts because when they shouted into him put the gun, gun down he was like fuck off apparently that's what he kept shouting at them Um, and he began swearing at the guards and shooting out of the house Jesus so now he was like shooting out of the house not at them but like just being like get the fuck 
slinger hook like how many um... he had so many bullets so many bullets because this went on for a day a and whole like, day and he was constantly shooting yeah so at this point the guardy on the scene called for backup only at this point Oh, the minute I got there, and the when I really back up, like, this man has a machine gun and he has gone. mental health problems, and he's clearly there's something wrong. Um, and then the guardie they called for backup, and then when the when the backup that they called realized what was happening, the guardie press office was alerted to what was going on. So no sh- negotiations began with John, and the ERU along with sixty guardie are called to the small house in Abilara. Sixty! Sixty guardian. This begins the siege of Abilara. That's what they call Six it. Six-zero! Six-zero. Sixty guards. The ERU, the emergency response units, with Kalashnikovs, is that what it's called? Machine guns. Handguns. Guns everywhere. To a house. One man, by himself, who has bipolar disorder. This? It was 1999. Where's your cut 2000, sorry. That's the ERU. That's what the emergency response unit has. Um... The guardy continued to try and get John to leave the house, but he won't. At one point, um, kept shouting out to them, no one will make me kick me out of my own home. So he was like, kept going back to that thing where the council wanted to demolish the house. And he's like, this is my house and no one's going to kick me out. So he was like hyper fixating on that. Mm. Um, John's sister Marie begged... Thank you and you, it's real. That's it. John's sister Marie begged the guardy to let her speak to John. But they they declined telling her it was too dangerous. Uh, they did, however. They didn't is, let anyone that he knows. Speak they wouldn't to let him. the doctor. It sent the doctor home. And uh, Marie was like, "Please let me," because Marie was in Galway at the time, and she got a phone call. Being like, "Your dad, your brother's after barricading him in the house, himself in the house, and he has a fucking shotgun." And there's sixty guards in the emergency response unit outside your house. And she was like, "What the fuck?" So it came down to Longford, and they were like, "We're not letting you speak to your brother." And she was like, "Please, I'll I'll get through to him if you let me talk to him." They were like, "You're not speaking to him. It's not safe." So they did, however, let John's friend, that pepper guy, talk to him. I don't know what the guards were doing. Because she's a woman. Probably. Uh, Pepper tells him that his friends are worried. Uh, so is his mother and his sister. Pepper's They're, a great name. Pepper's a great name. John tells him to fuck off. <laughs> like, John the, is so typically Irish. Oh, he's so typically Irish. The guardy try again asking John if he needs anything. And after a small silence, John says 20 major. So he wants cigarettes. But the guards don't give it to them. Oh, so they're trying to say they're the, like, the, the, the fight... Yeah. When his mom is about cigarettes yeah. and then this kicks off everything. And he's like, I want cigarettes. And they're like, no, and there's a thing actually later So they ask him what he wants. Yes, they were like, what do you need? He's like 20 major. And they're like, no. No. And apparently this pepper guy says in later on, because there's obviously a tribunal about this. This pepper guy tells the tribunal that uh, when John had asked for the cigarettes, one of the guards was like, no, he's acting the bollocks. He's not getting anything. Like, what sort of way is that to deal with the negotiation situation? That you're going to be petty. This man is going to kill himself or kill somebody else. Give him the cigarettes. He has a mental health yep, issue. That's what they did. But the guards are like, we didn't do that. You fucking did do that. Um, at this point, the media, media started to arrive, obviously. And the guardie explained to them that John is a vulnerable man in the midst of what seems to be a manic episode. And they're asked to be cautious and aware of this. So at 8.30 p.m. that night, John shouts, shouts out, come on, shoot me. So now he's starting to like, hey. he's starting to crack completely. Um, when a guardie asks John if he wants to hurt himself, if he's suicidal, the guardie said they, they can see him. They can see him in the house. Like uh, the He said, the guardie said, John just put his face in his hands. So he's so, he's manic. He's high. He's low. He's high. He's low. He's like, oh yeah, fucking shoot me. Come on. I'm going to kill everybody. And then he's having absolute ma- moments of like complete despair. And he doesn't know what's going on. He's gotten so far and now he can't get back. Like um, the guardie asked John to come out again. And John just keeps saying, no, 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 he won't come out. So, 
the following day, this goes on all through the night. He doesn't, he hasn't eaten. He hasn't slept. The guardian are like, ah. And I haven't given him any cigarettes. Come on. Come on, John. And he's like, no. So between 9am and 10am the following day, John shoots off another two rounds inside the house. So he kind of stops shooting and then he shoots off two rounds again. Um, at around 11.30am, John makes a phone call to his friend, Kevin Ireland, who lives in Galway. He calls Nate. And according to Kevin, his friend, John, sounded relaxed on the phone, sounded okay. And this is the conversation that happened, right? So John said, hi, Kevin, how are you? Kevin said, not too bad. Are you all right? And John said, not too bad. I'm in the house here and there must be 60,000 cunts of guards outside with guns. I've nearly every window blew off, blew off the house. So this is the conversation he has with his friend. And Kevin then told John not to do anything stupid. John asked Kevin to contact his solicitor for him. John mentioned to Kevin that the solicitor was a Republican named Michael Finucane. So he was like acting really strangely, like really odd, mm. like bizarre. And then the guardie, also John, had previous prior to this, he had asked the guardie to get him his solicitor. The guards wouldn't. They were like, no, we're not getting a solicitor. Why? This all gets even messier. Um, they explicitly said to the guard, you get me a solicitor. They were like, no. So then he rang his mate and was like, will you get me a solicitor? And his mate was like, what? So obviously his friends then contacted the guards and was like, I don't know what's going on here. They still didn't get him a solicitor. So he's asking for things. So which is what you're meant to do in a negotiation thing. You are quid pro quo. You ask for something. We give it to you. You do something for us. Yeah. They didn't do any of that. They did nothing. They were literally just being stubborn fucking assholes. Yeah. Um, the guardie continued to get to try and get John to leave the house safely and put the gun down, but to no avail. So at 5.45pm the next day, this is on the third, Thursday, a guardie could be heard shouting, he's out, he's out. So John Carty left his house and walked to the gable end. He's silent and holding a shotgun. The butt of the shotgun is under his right elbow and the gun is broken open. So he has these, you know, the way he breaks yeah. the gun up to put the shells in. He begins to walk onto the road. The guardie plead with John to put the gun down. So they're not in front of him, they're behind him. But John continues to walk with the shotgun now closed. The guardie and ERU begin to follow him, still begging him, like, please put the gun down, put the gun down. John ignores him and a guardie open f- opens fire and shoots John in the upper thigh. John keeps walking. The same guardie then fires again and hits John's thigh again. He keeps walking. A shot rings out and John is hit in the lower back, this time by the member of the ERU. He fires again and this time the bullet enters John's lower right back through his kidney, stomach, lump, uh, lungs and heart chamber and John falls to the ground. John took his final breath and died at the end of his road. So that was that. So this was all horrible. The guardie called an ambulance but John was pronounced dead at 6pm on the 20th of April 2000 on Holy Thursday. This is really weird, right? His father died on Holy Thursday and his grandfather died on Holy Thursday. So there's this theory that it was suicide by cop where basically he he waited until his head, the Thursday? He until the Thursday. What time does dad die No idea. But like it was Holy Thursday. So he waited until the Thursday to be like yeah, but I'm I wonder if the this. time has something to do with it. I don't know. But like, it's weird. And that's only, that's only a theory as well. Do you know what I mean? Nobody knows. Plus he was manic. He was completely manic. He didn't know what he was doing. Well, he didn't know what he was he doing, did, but he didn't but he know what no, he was doing. He had no control over no. it. At 10.30am. It's like me when I want to do something. No one control. <laughs> a hearse arrived and John was transferred to Mullingar Hospital. Excuse me for a post-mortem. Um, the post-mortem showed four exit wounds and entry wounds. Dr. Harbison did the post-mortem and he advised that the fifth bullet was the one that killed him. So the one that went up and travelled through his heart, oh. that was the one that killed him. Um, da, 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 da. I know he's spoken a lot of shit about the guards, but you have to feel sorry for the guy that pulled that. I know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. The trigger. It's fucked. So 
John Carty was buried on Easter Sunday on April 23rd in St. Bernard's in Abilara, if you know that uh, church. So when the news broke of John's death and how he had died, there was like an absolute outcry in the local area. Like, I remember this. I remember I didn't, I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't, because it was on the radio. And I remember my mum being in the kitchen and me being coming in. Oh, listen to it live? Yeah. And me being like, is he dead? Is he dead? Is he dead? And my mum was like, they're after shooting him, he's dead. Like, it was so horrible because that doesn't happen where I live. No. That shouldn't happen in Ireland. Do you know what I mean? Um, People questioned the reasoning behind the ERU arriving to a small village village to surround a man who was mentally unwell, who was known to have taken issue with the Gardaí. They questioned the use of machine guns and the Gardaí could have instead used non-lethal weapons to stop John. The small village of Abilara was devastated and John's family demanded answers. Now we get on to the tribunals that happened after his death. So on the 21st of April, the Special Guard investigation began began into the death of John Carty. So this is like an internal investigation they did themselves. Members of John's family, along with members of the Guardi, were interviewed. And Marie Carthy stated the parts of her statement she had given went missing. So she gave a statement and the guards were like cutting out parts of it and Jesus. not using it. Yeah. So the best Special Guard investigation called John a volatile loner. They accused Marie Carty of being under the influence of alcohol when she was at the scene and they admitted that Marie um, had been held back by the guardie at the scene when she requested to talk to her brother. So they basically said Marie was drunk. What? Mar- yeah, Marie vehemently denied this, saying that she had a single hot whiskey hours before and the guardie were using this to try and prove that Marie was in no fit state to speak to her brother. So people were like, why didn't you let his sister speak to him? And they were like, oh, she was drunk. And she was like, I wasn't fucking drunk. I was completely sober. And even if she was drunk, she would have sobered up in three seconds flat yeah. in that situation. But yeah, they were like, it's horrible what they did. They basically tried to make it look like they hadn't done anything wrong. So after um, the internal investigation by the guardie who were like, we find the guardie ourselves not guilty of doing anything. Oh, okay. Up the guards, sign the guards. Fucked the yes. usual shite. Um, so after that, they gave their internal investigation. A number of politicians spoke out. And they were like, this doesn't seem right. And a committee was formed to investigate John's death further in the Oireachtas. But the Gardaí commissioner at the time fought against this and said no government body should be allowed to interfere with an internal Gardaí investigation. What? So went to the High Court with this and the High Court backed them and the investigation was dropped. What? Yeah. They were like, these fucking politicians can't tell us how to be guards. Basically is what happened. And then the High... But if you're not being... They were like, I was like, so who's... Who's, who's, supposed, who's supposed to... Who's to tell you what to do? Yourselves. But this is like the, this is the guards in, come on, the early 2000s. And apparently there was like four or five ongoing investigations into their behavior at that point as well, like serious investigations into the stuff that they had done. So then what happened was, because that committee was stopped, a public tribunal was started, because that public tribunals are allowed Mm -hmm. um, under John O'Donoghue. And on the 12th of February 2003, Justice Robert Barr opened the tribunal in Longford. Uh, John's family, the Gardaí, uh, they were all given legal representation. So it was like a proper tribunal. Uh, the tribunal lasted 208 days. What? Fucking crazy. 125 witnesses were interviewed, including John's doctors and psychiatrists and John's doc- family. 208 days? 208 days of a tribunal. We love a tribunal in yeah, Ireland. This is what Justice Barr found. This might be a bit boring, but I just wanted to like explain what happened. Uh, so this is what he said. He said the deployment of the ERU was in line with the international best practice. So he believes that that should have happened. He exonerated the ER- ERU team and um, for any legal culpability of John's death. So he was okay. like, they did what they had to do. So despite exonerating the ERU team itself, the tribunal found um, critical failures 
by the higher ranking guardie in charge of the siege. Example, they should have called John's solicitor. They should have let John's sister through a loudspeaker speak to her brother, but they wouldn't. They should have given him the cigarettes when he asked for them because that was like, as I said, quid pro quo. They didn't do any of that. He found that the guardie failed to properly plan for um, an uncontrolled armed exit by John and some of the instructions given to the ERU unit were vague. So when he walked out, they were behind him. They weren't in front of him. He had They had an unmanned exit. He just walked out of the gaff. So there was no guards, no ERU unit. They were all over the oh. place. They just weren't positioned where they were meant to be positioned. And I was thinking to myself, my part of my brain went, oh, maybe they weren't. These people are trained for this. It's their fucking job. Like Uh, The tribunal found that the guardie conduct in relation to organization and operation of the ERU was within international standards. How could it be within an international standard if they there was an unmarked? They, they, ha- they had to be like, oh, we'll give them something. However, there were, however, there were several critical um problems with that, obviously. So here's what else he found. There was a limited availability of less lethal weapons. So they had no stun guns. They had nothing else they could have potentially used oh, okay. to take him down. Because if they had stun gunned him when he was walking in front of them, he would have went down. Yeah. They'd shoot him. Total unavailability of attack dog units. Failure to appoint an intelligence officer and failure to appoint an appropriate family liaison officer. So they didn't do any of that. The tribunal found that the Guardi um, massively, were massively lacking in correct ways to deal with such incidents. It also found that expertise and training in dealing with mental illness was long overdue, especially when the ERU was involved. It's like, no, but they sent the fucking doctor home. Idiots. <clears throat> all in all, it was determined that John's death could have been avoided and it was a very tragic um, end to such a young life. So at the end of July 2006, Marie Carthy and her mother received a letter from the Garda Commissioner apologising for John's death and that they were would make changes as to how they would operate, ensuring a tragedy like John's could be avoided in the future. The Carthys received this letter six years after John's death. Oh, um, so I just wanted to add at the end of this, um, the interview that Bridget McLaughlin did with a constru- one of the construction workers in Longford Town who actually worked alongside John. He gave this statement um, when Bridget talked to him and I just think it's very, very telling of like a small town mentality. So this guy, she didn't give his name, but she said, if someone, if you ask someone three weeks ago what John Carthy was like, you get a different story than the ones we have now, says the construction worker and friend. There was a tremendous silence in the bar when he spoke. <clears throat> John was a lively, witty, likeable rogue who loved handball, a good game of cards and liked winning, not losing. He was a good character. He was smarter than a lot of people around him, smarter than most of them. Everyone is saying John is a lovely, was a lovely fellow and I can tell you that he was, but they're crippled by guilt because not everyone was as nice to him or kind to him as they now pretend. They're all guilty that he's dead because they know that they gossiped a lot about him. Few few people in Abilara took him seriously. The stigma of being in a psychiatric hospital is huge in this part of the country. People in their small-mindedness looked down on John as the local nutcase because he had been in St. Lomans a few times. But there was also very little wrong with John. As the saying go, a stain on a man's trousers can be a big thing. There was a lot wrong with people's attitudes towards him. John was just about tolerated and sometimes ostracised in Abilara and Granard because he suffered from depression, but he was a good person. When locals heard there was a siege in Abu Lara, they said to me, it must be John. That's how biased they were. But sure, John wouldn't hurt a fly. Everyone who really knows that, that's the small mind mentality around here. And I'll tell you this, they're the ones who are mental. At least John's sanity was measured by professionals. Theirs hasn't been. So I just think that was really important that he said that because I'm from a small town and I grew up in a tiny little area and your business is 
everyone's business. Like you can't step outside the house and people know about it. Yeah. And there is that thing where people will be like, oh, he's in Lomans. Even if it was just like a, a phrase to use about like a person that they thought was mad. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure it's the same up here, the stigmatism towards people with mental health issues and mental health problems. I don't know if it is. <clears throat> Listen, there is absolutely 100% a stigmatism to people that speak openly and openly within public views so yeah, yeah, mental yeah. health issues. But I always, like, I, that woman I told you that story about. Yeah. No one on my road. Looked down on her or anything? No, like, no one was like, oh, there's the local nut. Yeah, but that's like, what it is. Like, and all of, like, her neighbours, my mum included. Yeah. All helped her. Yeah. And when she would go into, and it was St. Lomans where she would yeah. go. When she would go into St. Lomans, it was never, oh, she's gone to St. Lomans, she's crazy. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. was like she's not well yeah and that i mean you said that sentence you said that saying to me a little while ago about um her their nerves what is oh it? she's on her nerves she's on, her, on nerves. her nerves i never yeah. heard that before really yeah, i do think that, that mental health <clears throat> issues amongst women yeah and amongst uh stay at home women in working class areas is probably tolerated and spoke about a lot more I mean if you look at the travelling community within like if you look at the statistics around the travelling community and how many of those uh, women go into mental health institutions it's very high yeah but their their suicide rates in men are incredibly high as well yeah Um, I I I like I don't think it's tolerated, tolerated. I think we still have a massive problem where people don't talk about their mental yeah. health issues. Um, but it's in hushed tones, like, especially when I'm not saying, I'm sure there's people from Longford listening to this going, stop talking shit about Longford. I'm not talking shit about Longford, but if you're from Longford, you know what small town mentality is like. Oh, yeah, I'm not like, sure. I'm, I came to your mum's house and within like, they were like, who's the, me being the there? Dublin Red like, Car? Who's the Dublin Red yeah. Car? But um, that's, and that is small town. And like, when I was growing up, I fucking hated Longford. I hated Lee and I hated where I lived. I didn't want to be there and it was because it was so tiny and I felt like I was different. You know, you feel different and you're mm. like, I want to get out of here. And like that's, it's that, but imagine that and you have a mental, a severe mental and, illness. Yeah. Like bipolar is, is incredibly difficult to live with and, and yeah. the sad thing about it is he was doing everything he was meant to do. He was on his medication. He was going to his appointments. But this just happened. Yeah, no, it's a really sad story. But we don't, we don't treat mental health appropriately in this no, country. not at all. And the reason we don't is partly because our healthcare system is funded by the government and it's seen as a dirty word. Yeah. And countries like America that, listen, they have massive mental health issues and their mental health issues always fall on people who don't have healthcare. Yeah. But they, but they have a privatised healthcare system that has adequate service for mental health. A lot of Americans go to therapy. Yeah. It's included under health insurance. A lot of them are on uh, antidepressants and speak openly about being yeah, on yeah, med. Yeah. Like, you think about here and speaking about the fact that you're on, on and like yeah, when I... Seen after, as like an alien. You can't talk about it. No, you're like, don't tell anybody you're on them. Shh, 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 this thing. It's yeah. like, no, I mean, I will openly say that I'm on antidepressants. Thank you. Fuck. Mm. Like... I would rather tell someone I'm anti- on antidepressants than someone to get a phone call about me in a couple of years' time that I did something. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just... I remember I had a boyfriend who was on antidepressants and um, suffered really bad with depression. Really bad with depression. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> almost to the point of, like, where I thought he might be bipolar because it was yeah. really up and down and he'd have, like, moments of, like, mania and then moments of, like... Severe depression. he crashed, like... Yeah, yeah. just completely crash. Um, But he drank really heavily. 
Oh, and his parents were mortified he was on antidepressants. Really? And his mother would openly be like, don't tell anybody you're on them. Yeah, because it and is... And that just I led even a, more to him feeling shitty like, about himself. Like the shame But they thing? feel like they failed. That's They feel is. like it's their fault. It's and they don't realise that it's a chemical imbalance. You can't... And it's not anything it. else. Yeah. Like, I just think it's, you know, you know the way this thing that everyone's like, talk about your mental health, it's really important. And it seems to be like a, a, a buzzword for people. But it actually is so important and talk about it. Yeah, and I do think, please, like, there's a whole please, thing please, around, please. like, talking about mental health and understanding well-being. And, like, if you look at my niece and her friends, they're all really open about their mental yes. health. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, talk yeah, yeah. really comfortably. Yeah. My nephew and his group of friends, they talk about their mental yeah. health and their well-being. And they, they tell, like, I, I didn't think it was bar- bizarre. I thought it was lovely. I just wasn't used to it. They tell each other they love each other a lot. That's so nice, Like, Sarah. I love you, man, and I love you, and, like, that's, when yeah, I Yeah, because lads our age don't do that, no, Sarah. No, they don't. Like, they um, don't. That's really good that they're doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> Just live a full life. That's the whole, that's the whole point of this, is to be able to live as full a life as you possibly can, to experience things that you should experience. And a lot of people's mental health holds them back. But if you seek help and get help, you can do so many things. Yeah, get help. You know what I mean? Just talk to somebody. Please, please, please talk to somebody. Talk to us. Just send an email. We're not judgmental. <laughs> we are a little bit. I know, that's why I said that in a sarcastic tone. Everybody is judgmental, but like... Super judgmental. No. Do talk to somebody. Talk it's, to somebody. Your mental health is important. It is, it really Seek is. Seek help. If you need to speak to somebody, if you are feeling suicidal, if you feel like you're going to hurt yourself or hurt somebody, there are, you know, the Samaritans, there's so many helplines out there. There's Aware. Uh, there's Aware, there's PA to house. All of those exist to help, but so do your friends. Like, burden your friends. Yeah, like, you're not, because I always do this thing where I'm like, I don't want to bother people. Yeah, you do that with me. Yeah, I'm like, And I can feel yeah. when your mental, when your depression starts to flare on you, yeah. I can tell about a week before we're going to hit a bad point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank God, recently, you've been doing really well and yeah. it doesn't happen that often. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I can tell on the, also in the month where it might just be getting a bit too much and you're really down. But you do that thing where you don't... It, it's not that you don't want to tell me, you just... I isolate, I completely you isolate. You isolate yeah, because yeah, yeah. you feel like you're burdening me. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so, I don't want to bother people. That's the thing I might have in my head and I know a lot of people with mental health issues yeah. have that thing there. Like, I don't want to bother. You're not bothering anybody. Like, as much as you... me. <laughs> we should never fuck off. No! <laughs> as much as your brain is like, you're a bothering person, you're not. Just, you're not. You're no, not you're absolutely not. You're a- And in fact, the biggest bother <clears throat> is when you love somebody... And you know that they're going through something yeah. and they won't... They won't tell you. T- not even... They won't talk to you. They won't tell you. They isolate from you. Yeah. That's more of a butter because I would be like, oh, I hope everything's okay. Yeah. And like, I'm here and... That's when the panic starts. You yeah. know, when somebody loves you and they panic about you. But yes, talk to people. Tell people you love them. Do whatever you want. That was a good job. Thanks. You did a good job. It's on very that sad. Little, it's just weird. That little handwritten little story. It's just that uh, I remember it so vividly. And so, like, it's one of those things that I I, I kind of had forgotten about it, and then it. it popped when did up you decide like, you were going to do this? Last started last week. Can I ask you a question? Go. It's personal, so you might want to cut it down. Go. Do you think this might have something to do with why you feel shit? I don't know. Maybe. Everything is why I feel shit. The last week is. I know, shit. but like this, I know. <laughs> maybe, this week is being maybe, re-heard. maybe when I'm reading, because I did when I was because you remember it. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was researching it, I was like, oh god. And you know what it feels like. <clears throat> you know what that feeling of being an outsider and yeah, yeah, people yeah. judging you. Yeah, in maybe a small that's town. maybe it, maybe it has like affected me in some way this week. I know you have, but I feel okay now. Yeah, the podcast helps. It does because we've spoke for uh, one hour and thirty four minutes. Whoa. Actually. 
It's a long time, dude. Yeah, well, I had like... A- We're going to cut out about 30 minutes of this because it was me losing my voice, belching, farting. Very oh, the fart things. is too funny. Please don't cut it out. Um, Colin's horrific expression as he left the room. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. And stay and listen to Colin's amazing song. It's so good. It's probably... It's like, probably the best one so far, I think. Is it? <sighs> There's so many good ones. Still, that Jack Charlton one is still my, probably my favourite. I really want... Uh, uh, here, now, don't get me started on what happened at the fucking Walkinstown around about your day. All you fucking white motherfuckers. Okay, going out without your mask to stand on the side of the road to Not fucking... Not a mask between you, lads. Cheer on Jackie Charlton. But you couldn't go to a Black Lives Mills fucking march. We were, where everyone was wearing masks. Everyone was wearing masks. People maintained two meter social yeah. distancing. And there was like... You didn't stop fucking traffic. No. I got stuck in the fucking traffic because he's... <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> So what was the point of it? Or Jackie Charlton died. Yeah, and yeah, listen, them. don't get me wrong. Man's national hero. Get it. But what happened though? What were they doing? They stood on the side of the road of like walking town roundabout. They to, just did the Olay thing, didn't uh, What's that song? Put them oh, under one. pressure. <gasps> Put them under pressure. <laughs> <laughs> As they were all dancing <laughs> to that in the middle of the street, yeah. was it? Feminists. Not a mask between them. I spotted four one? masks. Oh, um, all the radio stations were there. Were they? Emma. And there was not one negative media report. Of course it wasn't. Isn't the Walkins Town roundabout like really busy? It's not yeah, really super busy. busy. Fucking cunt. <laughs> Listen, if any of your family were there, Sarah so thinks they're a cunt. No, they are a cunt. <laughs> Listen, my sister shared the video being like up the jack, but she's another conspiracy theory nut that thinks that fucking coronavirus doesn't exist or something. Thinks it's some fucking... It does exist. ...man-made experiment to somehow shut down global... Ac- Remember that was the thing people were saying where they were like, we think it was created by the Chinese on purpose just to see what would happen. Yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. I hate everybody. The, the, literally, that's what happened. And they said, I do. I, I did start the beginning of this podcast saying that I spent the week trying to figure out why conspiracy theories are a thing. <laughs> and there were a thing, like, there's around the time of the Spanish flu, there was a whole thing that they thought that Bayer by, by, Jones Bayer Jones had released. So, like, they really, they, they happened then. Oh. So, around the Spanish flu yeah. outbreak, <clears throat> there was conspiracy theories that were like, there was a new light bulb had been released, so the light bulb had like uh, so this is like the four G thing, like the five G, five G, sorry, and that I think it's like a, a, pharmaceutical, a pharmaceutical company, company had released a new uh, painkiller, uh, and that this was somehow the beginning of it. Now, listen, I love a conspiracy theory. There are certain conspiracy theories. I don't necessarily believe them, but I love reading about you them. You enjoy. But the but reason like, they happen is essentially because of that not, control yeah, thing. Yeah, well, they're not damaging anybody. Like, if it's a stupid conspiracy theory, like the moon landing one. I've read so much about the fake moon landing because I find it hilarious. The fake moon landing and one is brilliant. Like, but like, yeah, if they're a conspiracy theory... But they didn't theory, go to moon them. Listen, right? Everyone's going to judge me when I tell them. <laughs> don't. Okay, don't. Well. Tell them. Tell them. There is a very small part of me that genuinely believes I think the moon landing was faked. And I know it wasn't. I don't know. But I just think I've read so much about it that I'm like There was like a mathematical equation done as to how many people would have had to kept secret. Oh, it's ridiculous. Like I remember like sixty thousand people. It's like I remember uh, Stephen Fry did a thing about it on QI where he was like, It's absolutely completely impossible for this to be a thing yeah. he was like how many people would have to keep a secret in order for this to kind of not come out and for it to be whatever I was like I absolutely agree and in the back of my head I was like <laughs> back of her head she was like I know I the guy who did the shining directed the moon landing <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, it's about control. Essentially, it's yeah. when you feel like you can't control something. It's why people tend to go there. The problem is, is that we live in the day and age of the internet. Yeah. And so it becomes like... But isn't it weird? I was reading a thing the other day and it's like how fucked up 2020 is and they were like... Um, I did a survey today that asked me if 2020 was a person, who would it be? Anyway, go on. Who would it be? I couldn't figure out. Anyway. Um, there was a thing about... Uh, you know the way what you call them came out the CIA basically came out and said that um, UFOs are real yeah and it's just been forgotten about yeah, so much shit so happened. has happened everybody's losing their so shit so people are like oh it's the CIA were like you know this is real and people are like okay <laughs> because that is literally and that is the UFOs have been like the centre of so many things for so long and mm-hmm. there's so many shows movies books documentaries it's a massive thing there are entire organizations dedicated to try and prove UFOs are real. Yeah. And they've been told for so long they're not, they're not real. And then they come out and they're like, yeah, they're real. And everyone's like, okay. okay. So it's just so, this year is so bizarre because all these major things are happening. What else happened? And people are just brushing over it. That really... Unsolved Mysteries episode about the people that lost the time inside yeah, the Yeah, I UFO. believe them. You know, absolutely. I absolutely believe them. Uh, Graham won't watch it. I don't blame them because that's Graham's biggest My husband's genuinely yeah. terrified of anything. If they came... <laughs> Down. If the CIA came out and said aliens, aliens are, are real, Graham would be like this poor chap yeah, in the house. He'd be off the like. Uh, yeah, but I get it because that is that is Graham's biggest fear. Like, but I don't get why it's his biggest fear. There's other things to fear more than that. But I think there it's. I think they've came here and said fuck that, <laughs> like that shithole of a country. <laughs> so I think long. they came here and saw Earth as like the fucking body firm of the of Probably the universe. See a good look. Blow it up because it is a shell. But yeah, 2020 is a, is a weird year. Like, I feel, uh, for most of this year, I felt completely disassociated. Like, I don't feel like I'm... Yeah, like, today, and this is an odd feeling, but I walked over (coughs) here to you today. Yeah. And the weather was nice. And in my head, I was like, oh, we haven't had a summer. We haven't had a summer. No, not really. We haven't had a summer. But then as I walked down the steps to come to your apartment, I was like... But well, maybe we have had a summer and I just haven't noticed it because I'm so wrapped up That's in everything. That's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, because today was a really nice day and I yeah. just have... Because, like, I can't bring Lily anywhere. No. I can't do anything. No. I'm too afraid still to do anything. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and, like, six people died today. Six people six died people. today. 36 people were confirmed positive yesterday. But somehow people are out just thinking that this Nothing, does not exist not, anymore. I, I went and that when it did exist or when it was like at its height or its peak. I think it's gone away. No, that, that they, they just think it's like, um, it's a fucking conspiracy yeah, theory. Because Colin and I went to the shop when I was on my lunch break there and we went over and we both wore masks. And we walked into, we're, as we were walking into the shop, people were sitting around staring at us like we were freaks for wearing masks. It's like, what the fuck is fucking mandatory. This has not gone away. No. Wear a mask. They're mandatory. Give your mates a hug. Be sound. Listen, if you don't wear a mask, give everybody you know who doesn't wear a mask a hug, a hug and then so you can, can fuck off. Just, like, fucking kill each other. I wish bye this bye. would like just wipe out the dumbest. I know. Jesus. Natural selection. It's fine. Natural selection. We just rant about this. It's fine. Okay. But yes, wear a mask. Be sound. All right, everybody. Have your best weekend. Weekend of your life. <laughs> bye. 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 <laughs> Oh man, what a wonderful day in Houston House. It's a beautiful day. Oh, I wonder who could be at the door. How are you, Bono? Edge, what's happening? Did you listen to that podcast I recommended to you? No, man. 
I've been too busy hammering nails into the soul of the tree of pain. Two feminists bitching on a podcast, talking about murders. It's an interesting podcast. It's a podcast. One's from Longford, one's from the big smoke. They started telling stories, now the internet is broke. So you think you feel blessed, but she's in a bad mood because one of them is deaf. Stone deaf. Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane can't say her second name, mainly because her husband Graham don't want any of the blame. Oh, Oliver, Jack, oh, Bella, oh, Hades, be good for your mommy's good and too scary ladies. So be careful if you're hanging up and if you find the car park Cause it's all about the matriarch They're looking for young fellas, looking for creeps They grab them and they throw them in the back of Sarah's Jeep And they pull out their fucking teeth COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on the Irish independent music scene. Thousands of artists and technicians now find themselves having to survive without their main source of income. In reaction to this, Demars Entertainment and White Noise Audiovisual bring you Transmission, Ireland's first online music festival. Featuring 18 stellar Irish acts, it takes place on August 1st and will be broadcast live over YouTube and Facebook Live. Access to this event is donation-based and all donations go directly to the artists and crew. Please check out our website at www.transmission.ie and donate as little as €5 Euro to enjoy this very special event. Transmission Festival, Ireland's first online music festival. <laughs>